You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. So Taylor, your your wish last week half came true. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. So you wanted me to get some flack for my comments about Monty Python. Oh yeah, okay. And and, and I did get some, but not in in like official capacities. I had some people message me on various things. So I've I've kind of got a kind of got a tally for you here. So I had five different people engage in conversation with me after my comments about Monty Python, but mainly about my comments on Twitter. So I normally what we do for those of us who follow on social media is after the show's done and out, I'll put out our like sort of like not clips, but little moments from the show of like, okay, this is our rating for this. This is what our people said just to tease people being like, Hey, if you want to hear more of what they said about this, like go to our episode. But normally it'll say like Taylor said, stream this or, or, Michael said, skip this or whatever. Um, And uh, I put out a thing on Twitter that just basically was like, Monty Python isn't funny. And Life of Brian is an example. Why skip it? I I saw that. And that got some response. (laughs) (laughs) That that ruffled some feathers. eh? Yeah. Yeah. Because then I I got two two Instagram instant messages and, and one on Twitter, like one person direct messaged me on Twitter, two on Instagram, and someone on LinkedIn, which is like really weird, <laughs> sent me a message being like, I heard your comments about Monty Python. Um, so, so I love people I love definitely that. responded. I love like you're a pretty bu- public person in the sense, like if someone wanted to find you on a social media platform, they could. Same yeah. with like me, like I'm mm-hmm. I'm out there. The fact that they chose LinkedIn as the platform to reach <laughs> yeah. you, I love that. I that was a very, yeah, that was a strange one. And I, I have to say something here because I, I love it. I love conversation and discourse. And the I, I think you can have a, a discourse without fighting and without it getting personal. And I have to say, all of the conversations started out really great. Like the the points that were being brought up were actually pretty good as to why Monty Python is good and kind of has a place, whatever. And then I I put up counterpoints and the same thing happened in all five conversations where they stopped talking to me. (laughs) Like they just didn't respond. They said, Mike, I've given my piece. I don't want to hear your nonsense. I don't want to hear your nonsense. That's what they did. Well, I thought, okay, great. Here are some like-minded people who want to have like a discussion and some discourse. You know, you know, Taylor, how I how I want to have movie debates on this show. I think oh, that's I know. Fun. Like, it's a fun thing to to be on opposite sides and to argue, for lack of a better word. I try to call it discourse because people get less angry. But arguing and fighting are two different things. I want to have an argument without having a fight. Um, and it, it, everyone just stopped. Like, they made their point, And I was like, okay, let me counter your exact point about why specifically people kept bringing up the thing I talked to you about Taylor, how Monty Python like changed comedy. And -hmm. there's a lot of things it's done, which changed. I don't personally believe that. I think what Monty Python does has been being done in comedy for hundreds of years, like back to court gestures, back to Greek and Roman comedies. Like Commedia dell'arte is very similar 
to to what they do. It's it's all you know. It's political satire. It's ridiculous it's characters put into ridiculous situations and seeing how they react. Like it's kind of situational comedy, but the characters are ridiculous and the scenarios are ridiculous. Well, that's been done for hundreds of years. So I made that point, and everyone stopped talking to me. Mike, that's why we have a radio show. That's why we have a podcast. Still, <laughs> so we're I'm not. Like, come on, we're not talking into the void. But I, I, I love. I think that's great. People were like, "No." Yeah, and that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. I am. I and I'm always willing to accept that what we're talking about is super subjective. But but, but those still. five people that didn't respond to Mike. Now look what you did. Because you didn't respond to Mike, he brought it to the radio show. Yeah. And now all of us have to listen to <laughs> And now you, yeah, all of you have to listen. So respond to my messages, you know who you are. And let's have an actual discussion about this. And I want to hear your points. Just because I disagree with you doesn't is, to me, not the same thing as shutting someone down. I'm, I'm not saying you're, you're stupid for having the opinion you have. I can respect you have that opinion. But if you're going to bring up facts, let's, like, talk about actual facts. So show me in in ways that Monty Python did something unique and different. And if it is actually unique and different, I'll admit it. But if it's not, I'm going to bring up the knowledge I have from my schooling because I went to school for theater and I'm going to, I'm going to combat things, you know, not, no, I'm not being, okay, fine. Right. I'm not not being that pompous theater guy. I'm just saying, I know for a fact that that's not, that some of the things that were being said weren't true. So, you know, it's just, it's interesting, but I I I love it. This is the, it's like I get excited, Taylor. I'm more animated this episode than I was last week talking about my rug. So, you know, this is a great this is a great thing. I love it. I, I want more of it. We we have this summer, Taylor, we have to figure out a way to do a debate on this show. Like I think we've got to do it. I think finally, I know we've been talking about it for as long as we've been doing this show. I always am pro debate. I I think we just uh I don't know. We always run out of steam or we say we're going to do it. And then we never, <laughs> and, we never and then other it. things come up. And other do things them, do come and, up. Yeah. So um, I think that'd be fun. I think, uh, and you know, God willing, we'll be vaccinated and maybe we can finally do it in the screening room. Like we talked about last year, but if not, if not, we'll certainly do it virtually. We'll figure out how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And and we'll we'll bring people on who will actually have a debate and disagree with each other without it becoming weird. Like, we'll just, it's okay to disagree and to argue and have fun with it. So I I, I already know some of our guests would be perfect to do this. Like, I think, I think, you know, too, I'm sure we could. I do. I already have a short list, but also this could be an opportunity for our most combative listeners Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get on the show. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and even listeners who've never been on, but have written on before who we, who we know aren't combative, but we know love movies like a keel and Lily this would be your opportunity. We'd love to have you on. We would definitely pair you with someone else who hasn't been on the show before. So you're on like even footing. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't make you debate Taylor. Like we would, you know, make you comfortable. You'd likely win. (laughs) No, I don't. You're pretty good. I don't know, Taylor. You're pretty good at sticking to your guns. And the whole point of a debate is to convince whoever's judging of, of your point. And when you stick by something as strong as you do, you're hard to argue with. (laughs) <laughs> like it, you are so i, I think you'd be pretty <laughs> tough but hey, i'm very curious just before we we dive into the rest of the show who would be on your short list like who do you have in mind of like they would be great on a debate matt show? sultan obviously yeah <laughs> and uh nicole my best mm-hmm. friend nicole. they would be, i thought of nicole as well i could really see them specifically going head to head 
Oh, Nicole versus Matt. Yeah. Be a great bout. I think that might be one of the first ones. Yeah, this is great. This is exciting. Because they I love it. both really know movies. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say like our other guests don't, but like they are heavily invested in movies also as like a profession. Yeah. And uh, both very passionate. <laughs> And I think that would be one of the ways we'd want to do this is if we're, we're pairing up, okay, who's going who's gonna to go against each other? We would try to, to make it even that way. Nicole and Matt in the business, they know the business, they're big festival people, they know movies in and out, they would be great to kind of, you know, be uh, paired up for that type of thing. So yeah, I think it would be great. Sounds good now to we me. just, uh, now we just have to ask them. Now we just fall and told them. <laughs> yeah, we, we should stop coming on the show and just talking about all these people, like actually ask them to do things. We do that a lot. We're like, yeah, and Tyler Vance is coming back next week and we haven't like talked to him or asked him. You know or... what the problem is, Mike? No one said no to us. We're we're so used to people saying yes, of course. We we'll need someone to crazy. say no. You're right. We'll yeah, we need to get balanced plan. out. Someone needs to say no to us just to put us in our place. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, it, until we do that, we, we're doing this other fun thing, Movies from a Hat, which is getting more and more interesting, I have to say. Yes. Um, after last week's big announcement of Apollo 13, I don't know what else is going to come out of this hat. I do want to quickly remind people that this is our movie club. So you out there, we want to hear from you. We want you to participate. You can still put movies in this hat because this is something that's not going to go away. Um, so long as movies are closed, we're, we're not going to go see movies, obviously, because we're on Ontario. We can't. But even once they open again, we might come back to this as a fun thing every once in a while. So feel free. Go on our website, screeningandkingston.com. Email us. We have a Gmail. You can get all the info right on our website. You can send in your suggestions and we'll still take them, put them in the hat. Just keep piling it up. Um, there's still a lot in there. It's not like we're ever going to run out. But I just want people to keep adding their movies. We, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah, but don't add your space movies. <laughs> okay, add as many space movies as you want, people. <laughs> we will not. We will not turn your movies down just because Taylor has a bias against space movies. And, we'll take all your movies, and also because Mike controls the hat. So really, I, can, I have no sway. <laughs> you have zero sway. I can. It could be all space movies. I could only put space yeah. movies in there if I wanted yeah. to. Um, but yeah, this week we're going to talk about Apollo thirteen. We're going to talk about the haunting. Those are the movies that came out of the hat this week. And we've got some fan questions and and people wrote in. Just a quick note, Stephanie, Akil, Lily, and Tyler, we're going to read your stuff near uh, the later part of the show just because they're part of the movie club. We're going to do the other fan questions first, so I'm not forgetting you. Um, Every time I forget fan questions, people get mad at me. So you're not forgotten, but we do have some fan questions that have nothing to do with the movie club. So we're going to do those first. Um, Josh, the Inquisitor, writes in. He's got a question for each of us, Taylor. And because of what the questioning is, question he has for me is, we're going to have you go first. Um, So, Taylor, for you, have you seen the trailer for the new Conjuring movie? Are you excited? Okay, no, no, I have not seen the trailer. You didn't see this? I don't have cable, so I don't know. Oh, YouTube it. I will, like, okay, yes, like, I will now after you know, when I get off the computer I'll, or when I get off the radio show, but stay on my computer, I'll YouTube it. But you know how, like, when you have cable, you always know what's coming out, right? Because of commercials. Yes. Of course, yeah. Well, the only commercials I watch are YouTube commercials, and typically it's, like, for toothpaste. Like, I don't know, dumb, <laughs> dumb commercials, right? Yeah, you're not going to so get a lot of trailers that way. I live in, 
like a, a commercial free zone. So I didn't even know. I didn't even know a trailer came out. But yes, certainly yeah. I will watch it. I can say I'm excited for it without having seen the trailer. But Mike, have you watched the trailer yet? Yeah, and it's great. It and it good. just dropped last week. And it's it's really, really interesting. And the approach they're taking to it, to me, looks very similar to the types of horror movies I like where there's this cross because there's a court case and a real thing involved right. in it. There's kind of this cross between reality and fantasy that's happening. And I think that's really interesting. Like they're putting the Warrens in a situation where they're being questioned. And I think that that's kind of cool. Like it's kind of an interesting way to approach it. Um, and it looks great to me. Like what's this, the, when's the release date? Uh, I don't think it's till next year, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is coming out this year. Oh no, we, we discussed, it was like June of this year or yeah. something. Yeah. I think it's coming out this summer. Because we're going to do our Conjuring Universe episode. Yes, we are. We're going to do that the week before it comes out. We'll do our Conjuring Universe episode. And then the week it comes out, we'll review that film. We'll dedicate the episode to that. I hope we can see it. That's my only fear. Like, our, our movie theater is going to be open in, in Ontario by June. I don't know how, because I've been seeing, this is unrelated to, well, it's kind of related. I've started to see some news articles saying oh th- this movie's coming out it's going to be a theater release only like disney disney's doing that with one of their movies coming up soon and i'm thinking well what markets are they talking about because in canada you know we don't know when we're going to be going to movies again so i don't know what's going to happen if movies are released in the states and we just have to wait till it comes out on pov or streaming i, guess I have so. no way i have no because it is the states that's the reason why they're doing it is the states Movies are open because, I mean, you can go to things. Lots of people are vaccinated. Indoor activities are happening again. Now, there's still social distancing. There's still some masking that's happening. But it's starting to, like, it's starting to limit every single week. Um, I'm noticing it because of the sports world. The NHL playoffs just started. And each week, more and more fans are being let in into the, the arenas. So the U.S. is just, frankly, in a better state when it comes to this right now. Um, and there's other parts of the world that's the same thing. So I think they're releasing it in theaters only because they're trying to get people to go back to the movie theaters and they have so many big markets that can go. Um, Canada, we're just yeah, not there yeah. yet. So I don't know. Yeah, like I, I think you're right. We either have to wait for it on demand or hope it is. Like I know the Black Widow movie is going to be out in theaters and on Disney+. Plus. So I know I can get it there when it comes out in July. Um, but uh, for something in June, I don't know. I really hope that it works out we can we can see it because I'm, I'm looking forward to the conjuring movie we'll see uh next question from josh this one is directed to me can you f- <laughs> please fully detail your issues with sweeney todd the movie um josh knows that i hate with a passion the movie sweeney todd it's uh it's not a good movie yeah, and he's just trying to rile me up because I guess he likes my my anger towards it. Because like I get really angry, as you know, when musicals are done really poorly. And I just thought Sweeney Todd was garbage. So you've seen it. Yeah, I saw it when it first came out. I which would have been when I was in grade ten, maybe grade nine or grade ten. And like it kind of like should have been a Taylor movie, you know, like. Johnny Depp before he completely went off the rails. Yeah. It looked like a Tim Burton movie. I don't know if Tim Burton was affiliated he was, with he it. He directed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, like it was Tim Burton, whatever. Um, so like I thought I would like it. And I just remember, I think I saw it in theaters with a couple girlfriends, probably Nicole. 
and not liking it. But Nicole lo- loved it. She was like really into it for a while. But uh, yeah, I can't remember what I didn't like about it. But I remember having like a very strong opinion of not liking it because I went in thinking I was going to really love it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's trash, Taylor. It's utter, <laughs> utter trash. Okay, here's the problem. So, so Stephen Sondheim is the person who wrote the music and the lyrics. So that's a relatively famous musical theater name. He has a lot of uh, Tony Awards. He's produced a lot of things for Broadway. He's written and, and done a lot of stuff, okay? His music is very, very specific in its... its. I, I don't know if there's a more technical term. I can't remember from, from school, but I know that you've got the actors or the people who are singing are singing one melody line and the music is basically pumping out counter melodies and isn't really going along with it. If you don't have good trained singers, it's going to sound terrible because it's really technical and it's really hard. And they were like, oh yeah, of course, we'll get Johnny Depp. Of course, everyone's great singer. Like we all know that Johnny Depp's an amazing singer. He's terrible. He's he's the wor- he's awful. They got no singers. They just put all. They just like ah, just throw anybody in it. Whatever. This is what I maintain. If you're going to do a musical adaptation, like a, sorry, you're going to adapt a musical for mm-hmm. for movies, right? Yeah. I don't care if it's a quote unquote like famous person like Johnny Depp, right? But they need to be trained in musical theater singing. Yes. Right? <laughs> So like Josh Gad, I think has like a musical theater background or at least he's been on Broadway a million times. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, so he's now a very recognizable name. So I don't care if Josh Gad's casted because he actually has musical theater chops. So that's my big, and that's why I get really ticked off with the, um, the Disney, the Disney live adaptations where they get like Emma Watson, as uh as Belle, right? She doesn't have musical theater training and yet you're having her sing these musical theater songs. Ugh. And and they're like very clearly auto-tuning it and doing a lot of editing to it. Well, wouldn't it be less expensive and less time consuming just to get a singer? Like, oh my gosh, most people I w- I'm not going to say like all actors are triple threats. But, like, there definitely are actors who have done musical theater. Why aren't you hiring them to do these? Well, it's the same, you know, now they're hiring big names to do voice acting. And so actors who, like, their bread and butter was voice acting, they can't even get roles anymore. Because you've got, because... like, Will, Will Smith voicing the animals. Well, <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, I don't, I was, what is that movie? Just what trying to talking? think of like a random actor who oh, okay. isn't anyway, really a voice actor, yes. but like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do know what you mean. And it's because for some reason they think that that's what's going to sell it, which does. Big names can still sell movies, but the best thing that has been proven that will sell a movie is making a good movie. Especially nowadays with social media, with streaming options, you can have everyone see your movie. And that's why, like, I don't know, that's why for the most part, Netflix produced series and Amazon originals, a lot of them are really good because you can spend your time making good because you know you're going to get it out in front of a lot of people. So I don't understand what's going on. And, and it's just a shame. 
It's a shame that that we live in a movie world where the best musical to come out in the past 15 years, the only good one, is is the the greatest showman, and that's not even a musical, and it's not even true. It's not even a true story. It's all fake stuff. The guy didn't PT Barnum didn't look like Hugh Jackman. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense, okay? That guy wasn't a good guy. He he did a lot of terrible things. He did an autopsy of a human being in front of a bunch of people. He's not a good person. And that's the only thing we have. That's it. That's the only good musical that they've, they've made in like 15 years is The Greatest Showman. So that's just a shame. Here we are. <laughs> Moving on. Thanks, Josh, for bringing up Sweet Talk. Um, next uh, question comes from Kathy, who writes in and says, Hi, Mike and Taylor. I wanted to talk about Monty Python movies. I think, Mike, if you had a group of friends over, the experience would have been a lot better. Now, I have not watched Monty Python for many years, as we used to watch it with friends when we were all in high school. So maybe it wouldn't stand up now. Comedy is best enjoyed with a group when things get back to normal. Question for you both. Are there certain types of movies that you think you would enjoy more watching with groups of friends? Fan of the show, Kathy. I mean, maybe. Maybe my experience would have been better, but I don't think that makes the movie better. It just makes my experience watching I, But it I will argue, Mike, that again, you know, out of the out of the catalog of Monty Python movies, I don't think you sitting with your friends would have made Life of Brian better. Yeah, and this I, okay. is coming from a Monty Python fan. So um, Who put in Life of Brian? Okay, it was Akil. Akil put Life of Brian in. Is it just like Akil? Is it just like your favorite of the Monty Python movies, or like what's the reason? Because I'm I'm hearing from Monty Python fans that it's not the best example anyway. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I don't know, but I will say that um, this question comes up periodically on the show about you know what what movies do you prefer seeing in theater, like in various incarnations. Sometimes people ask like, oh, would you rather see that in the theater, or whatever. So I would say, yes, comedies are better when enjoyed by friends. But again, it's like, it, you're right, Mike. It's not like that it makes the movie better. It just makes the overall experience better. So Yeah, which is true. Yeah, like that that can elevate how you feel because like the experience is better. Summertime blockbuster comedies, definitely always better going with friends. Like, yeah. you know, August august it's super hot outside you go into the air-conditioned movie theater with a couple friends and you watch like a dumb comedy yeah that's a great time um and i also prefer watching horror movies as a group agreed because they're scarier you're like feeding off the energy of the people that are with you yeah i think horror movies i think comedies i think i i've missed my large groups i would get together to go see you know the the big marvel movie each year um I'd get like a group of 15 people together. Like to me, that's a great experience. Um, and any, anything like that. But that, to me, that goes along with your point, Taylor, about it, like blockbusters, big summer blockbusters. I think that that works comedies, horror movies. They're all great with a group. Um, okay. So that's it for fan questions that are not related to the movie club. So we can start talking about the movies. Cool. Um, where shall we begin? You know, let's let's start with The Haunting. Let's start with The Haunting because Apollo 13 is kind of the big one we're leading into and everyone wants to know what you, what you think about it, Taylor. So let's talk The Haunting first. We'll tease Apollo 13. Um, so The Haunting from 1999, uh, a very interesting year for movies because a lot of movies came out this year. 
um, almost that we talked about it on the show all the time. Like I think we had movie. a 1999 episode. <laughs> we did because like almost every movie came out this year. Um, the Haunting snuck in there, a movie I'd never heard of uh, until until it came out of the hat. Um, but just just to do a little quick, I want to try to we'll do a little quick plot summary of The Haunting. <laughs> Just just because I, I think we should start doing that little little two second plot summary. So you've got it. You've got Liam Neeson character's name. I don't remember, but he's a doctor. But we're just going to call him Liam Neeson. So Liam Neeson brings together three insomniacs and decides to torture them by bringing them to. The, yeah, he brings the Hill them, House. He brings them. I don't understand why insomnia was. It, like, it was a that cover story. was the cover. Because, yeah, that's like, the cover. That's not he, the like. It's not the reason for him. Really it's just it was wanted, the cover story. Yeah, he wanted to study fear. So fear, I still don't yeah. understand why they did that. So well, the power the, of suggestion, right? Because that uh, his idea was, like I'm gonna, deprived. yeah, they're sleep deprived, and I'm gonna tell them the freaky story about the place, and then they'll start hallucinating. Like okay. that was the idea. So. <laughs> This is a case of when an adaptation makes changes that it doesn't need to change. So this is a this movie is an adaptation of a Shirley Jackson book called The Haunting of Hill House. And that book came out at the end of the 50s. And there was a movie made about it in the 60s, also called A Haunting or The Haunting. I can't remember. And it's a good adapt. It's a good movie. It's a good adaptation. So the premise of the book is that um the people aren't brought to the house on false pretenses they're brought to the house because they're psychics or they have like psychic ability and they're going to use that psychic ability to essentially study the paranormal phenomena in the house that is a okay. very straightforward <laughs> plot which makes sense Way better <laughs> it right like <laughs> this is so, this plot's so convoluted like it doesn't like so the reason for him bringing them is weird and like why these three random people was was also like pretty unexplained. So, like i know he took an ad out like i know that was like part of it but didn't the, someone call the main character like did she get well, a phone call being like, you should do this. it was the ghost that called her plot oh right plot <laughs> twist so like in the original right it's their the doctor puts out a call like in the newspaper and it's Theo and Nell who respond. And then Luke is actually the heir to the house. Oh, like okay. the And he also, I think has some paranormal, like I think he also has some psychic abilities, but that's the Luke connection. So in the original story, it's like, there's a doctor Luke, who's the heir to like the the property, and then Nell and Theo take up the offer to use their kind of paranormal. So these same people, these same kind of yeah. four people are there, but we just for some reason changed it and made like Luke Owen Wilson, yeah, <laughs> random like, dude. I just <laughs> don't like understand no why, like, why make that change, right? Like, it's a, it's it very didn't, odd. One of those cases that. where that change does not serve the overall plot whatsoever like it was but even as someone dumb... what like even as someone watching it where i didn't know all that like you explaining that to me now i didn't know any of that like i don't know anything about hill house like i i don't i don't know anything about this still watching it i thought it was convoluted a bit dumb like this is like all you need to do is bring them to the house like why is yeah. there this weird i'm gonna trick them bring them here and do nothing and then like all this stuff starts happening like i thought it was a little weird i wonder if they did it to like add tension like the fact that like oh like are they gonna find out that the doctor is tricking him and oh my gosh why did he have those assistants who never came back 
I have to say that when that happens, so when they arrive at the house and you've got our main characters and they're Liam Neeson, Owen Wilson, um, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and her name's Lily Thomas? Kind of a nobody. No, but she was in, she was in a bunch of, because she was in the first Conjuring movie. Oh, really? And she was, yeah, she plays the mom of of the family um in in oh. the first conjuring movie and she was in something else like she she was a big enough of a name that had you'd you know at the time i think you would have recognized okay. her so you've got these four recognizable and then the, the two randoms walk in and i'm like well you're dead like that's all <laughs> i was thinking i was like they're not going to survive this i was wrong but they do rem- like they do have them there for no re- i thought they were going to be there to be killed and to and that's where the doctor's going to be like okay now we got to get out of here why um, why <laughs> Like, just sloppy writing, right? Like, the doctor says, like, hurry back. So, like, yeah. you think, oh, they're going to be back in the next scene. They never, no, they never come back. No, they, they never, never even mention them. <laughs> no, and it's just, yeah, it's it's very strange. And also, why did the, the ghosts or, or spirits need to get rid of them so quickly? Because they, like, one of them, like, turns the, the, the harp keyboard harp thing cord, yeah, too tight. And it snaps off and, like... Uh, cuts the the young woman's face and it's it's like what okay why did you need to get rid of those like I guess, you just like again they were here? trying to up like see like oh the house is yeah, haunted the yeah like, see, but- i think it would have been better if they those were the first to die and that's when everyone starts taking it seriously um but yeah i, I it was very it was a very strange weird movie with a lot of strange weird choices made <laughs> so i guess about- it makes sense how horrible the cgi was i know in 1999 like cgi is like but the matrix came out that year yeah i don't so i I just don't understand my whole why i've always said this if your cgi is crappy it's better not to use cgi right like why didn't they use practical effects like they're in this clearly either on location or they've built this like gorgeous huge mansion i honestly thought it was going to be like all these practical effects that might be dated but might be a nice callback like that's what i was expecting more practical things but it was mainly C- cgi and just terrible CGI. And yeah crappy cgi and like it's not scary you know like it's no, not, not scary it looked like ghostbuster like <laughs> you know what it reminded me of you know what this movie reminded me of clue <laughs> where 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 everyone show where the the movie does not take itself seriously whatsoever and everyone shows up and there is ridiculous characters and everything's kind of stupid but that's what's funny and silly about it that's what the movie like reminded me of of, of a really serious clue trying to take itself too seriously and well, that's why the movie failed <laughs> poor liam Neeson and Catherine zeta jones because they actually were giving good performances and oh i like, actually thought the acting was fine i know problem <laughs> and with it's the like, acting. and you just think like Oh, why did you sign on to this script? Like, well, maybe they didn't know it was going to have such crappy CGI. <laughs> and they're both younger. I mean, even though it's 99, like, and Catherine Zeta-Jones had, like, a big hit come out that year. That was the, the uh, I don't even remember the name of the movie. But anyway, Entrapment, I think, was, like, her, the big movie she was in that came out also in 99. So she, I think, was just starting to get, like, a lot of big movies. Like, Rising Chicago Star. hadn't come out yet. And, like, yeah. So I think that, like, when you're younger... You, you take like anything you can. And that was to me, what was also weird about this movie, not the movie's fault, but looking at all these actors, I recognize I'm like, wow, you're just like really younger versions of the actors that I know. And it's a little strange, like a little weird. Like every time I look, I'm like, I know you're Owen Wilson, but there's just something too young about him. 
even Liam Neeson, like they just look so young. And Catherine Zeta-Jones, like absolutely, like she's like in her like in her prime at this time. Chicago's about to come out in like two or three years or something. So like it's just it was crazy to to kind of look at them and and I I need to look up the name because I know the other the fourth person she's in a bunch of stuff because I I one hundred percent recognize her and, and I know she's I didn't in the first recognize her movie. and the problem with Owen Wilson being in the movie is that he's so Owen Wilson you know what I mean so like I couldn't <laughs> suspend my disbelief like he even went wow he oh he wow. went wow so many times <laughs> yeah. like, and I was like wow like okay. So that's like he felt his performance felt like like obviously he was supposed to be the comedic relief and it definitely felt like he was giving a different performance than Liam Neeson. Like Liam Mm -hmm. Neeson was like, this is a serious thriller. And Owen Wilson was giving like the like a goofy horror movie kind of like B list. Um, and so it's like, well, they clearly had different <laughs> direction <laughs> yeah, yeah. on which way to take the movie. So I thought the script also wasn't super great. Like there was some. Yeah, the script was not good. Dialogue that I'm like, what the heck? Uh, Lily Taylor is her name. Okay. Lily Taylor is the fourth. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think the script was terrible. I, I didn't have a problem with the acting, but you're right. Everything was a little. Like everyone's doing something a little different, but it was, you know, it's still good. Like I thought the the characterization and the characters were were something interesting and something well done. And they were all giving it their all, but it just didn't the movie itself just didn't work. I don't know if I didn't look it up or I didn't see if it was like critically acclaimed or if people no, didn't it like it. Or, okay. Cause I I've never heard of it, so I assumed it didn't go over very well. It was panned in um I didn't read reviews from 1999, but when you read sort of like the critical consensus on Wikipedia, for instance, people do point to the fact that it relied really heavily on the CGI and the CGI wasn't good. So I don't know if it was even considered poor CGI in 1999. I don't know. Well, I think like The Mummy came out in 1999 or 98 and it used a lot of CGI, but it wasn't horrible. Nope. No, they just didn't use it well or they didn't have the money, um, whatever it was. Um, But yeah, let's uh, let's get our ratings here. What would you give The Haunting? So unfortunately, because, you know, this should have been a Taylor movie because it's a horror movie. (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm going to give it a skip it. So when I first started watching, I'm like, okay, like this is a stream it like, oh, it's kind of like a goofy, fun horror movie. And then when the quote unquote horror like really stepped up, you know, <laughs> when they like see, were CGIing all the ghosts and stuff, it like totally lost me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> oh, it was a train wreck. Like, that was I the really, moment. Yeah. I really was giving it the benefit of the doubt. Like the, even though the premise was kind of weird and, you know, like they had diverted so much from the original story. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it a try. Nope. Like... <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I did the same thing. Like I was sitting back and having fun with this movie, but as soon as it tried to be scary, it it wasn't, and it didn't really um it didn't really do it for me. I'm giving it a skip it as well. I I don't think that uh, I don't think there's much else <laughs> to really say yeah. about a movie like this. It just didn't work. wasn't great. Um, let's, who put it? Let's who talk... put it? But before we go to the next movie, oh. who put it in the hat, Mike? Yes, I gotta I gotta remember to do this. Uh, Katie put the haunting okay in the hat so that's comes from katie sorry, so sorry katie, katie. <laughs> we uh, are not uh, fans of the haunting watch um, the, what... the watch the first one from the 60s 
or watch Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, the short series. There you go. Um, let's talk Apollo 13. Yeah. Um, Taylor, why don't you uh, let's we'll have this, especially when it's it's a movie that's clearly directed at someone like I think I think our fans more than one person wrote in Apollo 13. And uh, I think it's it's for you. So in in like 30 seconds, g- give us a Taylor's plot summary of, of Apollo 13. What happens in Apollo 13? They're supposed to go to the moon and their spaceship breaks and now they have to get home and they can't <laughs> right. go to the moon. Very accurate. <laughs> very, very accurate of everything that happens. So everyone's dying to know, Taylor, what did you think of Apollo 13? It was a fine, like, technically, like, the craft of the movie, mm-hmm. it's a good movie, right? Like, right. Yeah. I, it's good writing, good direction, good production value. Like, it's a good movie, okay? Like, I will give you guys that. We did it, everybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. Like, okay, whatever. But America's dad, whatever. Uh, um, <laughs> okay, wow. There was Kevin Bacon. I love Kevin Bacon. That was a yeah. nice surprise. Yeah. Um, but for me, like, once it got into the technical stuff of them being in space, you know, like them trying to fix stuff or their going back and forth about the flight plan and what are going to be the landing stuff totally lost me like could care less mm. you know what yeah. i mean like yeah. i and that's just that's me right like i don't like technical movies like i don't like a world war Two movie where they spend half an hour explaining like tank formations like that's just not my preference i don't everyone knows i don't like space like you know there's there's like an aura about space. Some people are like really interested in space the same way that people are really interested in dinosaurs, right? Sure. Or like submarine travel, whatever. I just don't have any interest in space. So to watch like a almost an almost two and a half hour long movie um, about space, like I was just bored. Like I'll be honest, like (laughs) so like I would see the first third of the movie I really I, I enjoyed like them getting right. ready to go to space. Yeah. Um, when they first launch, even when like there's the first when like the first accident happens or whatever, like you know, the conflict, the fact that the, mm-hmm. the spaceship broke or whatever, the rocket, yes. whatever you want to call yeah. it, the lem. Uh, <laughs> uh that was interesting. <laughs> but then I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't need an hour of like engineering stuff or like math like tom hanks being like is my math correct and then like five (laughs) of the science guys being like yep like okay like (laughs) you didn't need those dan loves that's that's where the movie lost dan loves that kind of stuff so okay yeah i i i joked dan hates when i talk about him on the radio show but today he gave (laughs) me it every week i do i know every time i get off the mic he goes you talked about me um, but t- <laughs> this week he gave me permission because he okay. said that, oh, I wish I had written down what he said because Dan's a bit of a man of few words. But um, I said, oh, I'm not going to say anything about the movie and just give your review. And Dan's review is it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, 
great that's awesome but yeah I, he I agree is like a technical minded guy right, <laughs> right. like yeah, he likes how thing, yeah. how things are built and he loved the scenes with the engineers trying to make the square filter fit into the circle filter yeah. like yeah. he loved all that stuff but it's just not my interest and so and you know i also think the space race in general is stupid so anytime i watch <laughs> yes. like from a historical point of view right um so anytime I watch like space race stuff, like, oh my, I turned to Dan and I was like, all this because they had to prove to the Soviets they could go to the moon. Mm-hmm. Like how dumb, you know what I mean? Like these guys are about to die in space. There's no reason we did not need to go to space. And I'm watching this movie and it's like, oh my gosh, it just, it just annoys me. It like ruffles my feathers. So anyways, that's my rant about the space race. <laughs> and I don't like it being seen on film because I think it's just a tool of um, nationalism (laughs) 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 and and all that. So anyways, end of story. I think this is, uh, I think if you are a person who likes big blockbusters, who likes kind of historical epics, who likes space, this would be a see it, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you had the opportunity to see this on the big screen and 1993 or whenever it came out um it's a see it for taylor like me personally it's a skip it right like right (laughs) and what do you guys want like i don't like space yeah no you don't like you don't like space movies but i i think everyone listening and everyone who wanted you to watch it can at least take that you're admitting that it was a well put together movie and it's it's a technically a, a good movie and if you like this type of thing it's you know it was probably one of the better examples of this type of movie but if it's not your thing then you know it's probably not gonna you're not gonna like it um but i think that's still good i think that's still a victory for everyone who wanted you to watch it me included just to hear you say that you can appreciate you know that it's a good film it's just it's not for you it's a skip it for you everyone (laughs) can sleep well now at night knowing that i've seen apollo 13 yes exactly um, I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to say too much because I like the movie and I think Dan summarized it really well. It's a fantastic movie. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of cool aspects in, in this film. And I think that the the tension, the way they rise tension is is really well done. And that's kind of what brings me back to it. Um, but let's hear from from. Uh, well, actually, we'll hear from you and me first. Let's just. Oh, yeah. The connections. Let's do the connections <laughs> first and then we'll hear from our fans. Um, so uh, any any connections that jumped out for you, Taylor? Science, you know, the pursuit of knowledge, though, mm-hmm. that is the um, crisis, you know, like trauma. Those would be the connections. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. Like I, I thought that it was interesting. Like you're you're getting two groups of people that are being, you know, put in a situation where they're in crisis and they're kind of separate from everybody else. Yeah. I thought that was like a pretty clear connection. Isolation. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, I guess, yeah, science makes sense. I didn't even really think about the science, like that Liam Neeson's reason for bringing them together is is more scientific. Um, but I thought that like this was, you know, two, two very like movies that were made in the 90s that couldn't be more different in the way they were like re- received. Um, both had like budding stars in them that like, I mean, I think this is one of like this is Kevin Bacon, he's younger. Um, it's gotta be one of his earlier ones, like Bill Paxton, Tom Hanks. Um, they're all, you know, they all had great careers kind of moving forward from this. Um, same with Liam Neeson and Catherine Tate Jones. Like they all kind of had 
great careers jumping out of it, which I also thought was kind of interesting that these two 90s films had a lot of names that we recognize now, but were received at the times, I guess, <laughs> very, very differently, which is kind of fascinating. Um, let's hear from our fans and see what they thought. Um, let's go with Tyler Vance first. So he says, Dear Taylor and Mike, in general, I have always found that screening at Kingston has a very consistent volume whether it is because of your joint professional recording skills or Mike's top-notch post-production, its volume of each episode maintains a nice middle ground that rarely gets too quiet and almost never gets too loud. That said, when Apollo 13 was pulled out of the hat, the resounding no that Taylor <laughs> let forth is still ringing in my ears <laughs> at the back of my head. <laughs> that is a good moment, Taylor. That was a very loud moment that I decided to keep uh, at the volume. Um, you really wanted to capture my my emotion. I thought it was important. I thought it was actually. You know what's funny? Just a little behind the scenes. Our fans like behind the scenes. I tried for for a very long time to cue up a musical cue in and around the no of some sort of triumphant music, <laughs> um, but unfortunately, with with how loud the no was and how long it persisted for, it was kind of impossible and it would have lost the comedic timing. Um, so I just I just couldn't do it. And I ran out of time. And I'm sure I could have done it if I had more time, but I ran out. So um, so he's got four connections here that he made between Apollo 13 and The Haunting. Um, Tyler doing one, our job for us. This is why week. we go we go with him first. You know, we don't have to do much. We should probably just read this and not have anything. But he he brought up a couple things we didn't and a few things that we did. So the first he says both feature small groups isolated from society as their environment tries to kill them. So I, I definitely noted that as well. Yeah. You know, you're getting a group of basically it's the same. It's three people. You're isolating three people from society and something's trying, trying to kill them. I kind of didn't count Liam Neeson because he was sort of. He's the jerk that set it up. Yeah, like I don't like something should like, you know, something can happen to him. I don't care. It's really it's those three kind of innocent people that, that are being put in harm's way. Um, the second thing he says, both groups are also unable to properly sleep, whether that's caused by anxiety huh. of dying in space or the anxiety of being eaten by a house. So I, I think that's kind of interesting where you have these sort of people who are insomniacs and people in space who who obviously are going to have issues sleeping. And this kind of lack of sleep does kind of play part in both of them a mm -hmm. bit. That, that's, I didn't think of that at all. That's a good one. Like, that's a very interesting, yeah. Um, he says, both are sneaky movies where I wasn't aware of my investment in the movie until the very end. For Apollo 13, I didn't know how invested I was until I caught myself holding my breath during the three minutes of blackout. Even having caught myself, um, uh, I still almost cried at the end. For The Haunting, I didn't realize how little I was invested <laughs> in everything that was happening until after Owen Wilson's head got cut off and I just didn't care. <laughs> so that's pretty uh, that's pretty good, uh, Tyler, That uh, the, sneaky, the sneaky movie experience. And then number four, he said, I predict Taylor will enjoy neither of these movies. Correct. Sincerely, Tyler. Wow, Vance. I think that's supposed to be the wow. Wow. The Wilson's <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, he had like four of those in a row. Like after he met, um, what was Catherine Zeta-Jones' character's name? The Theo. Yeah, Theo. He he kept like as, like talking to her. He was like, wow, wow. And then as he's leaving, he was like, wow, look at that, wow. And like said like four times in a row. Um, but yes, I, I think you know Tyler said you wouldn't like either of these movies, and uh, he was right. He was correct. Yep. You did not. <laughs> uh, next uh, fan comment cam came from Stephanie. This is one of my favorite uh, comments we received during Movies Club. 
Uh, Stephanie sent the thumbs down emoji. To what? Just that. That's it. All just right. thumbs down. Just thumbs. I guess Stephanie did not enjoy either of these movies. Thumbs down. Well, didn't like them. Stephanie, <laughs> if I could do the thumbs down emoji, I would too. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, I think, has put in quite a few movies, but we haven't pulled one. Maybe of she's hers putting out thumbs yet, down because her movie hasn't been picked yet. Like she put in a few, and we haven't pulled out one of them, which I think is, is who really put in funny. Apollo thirteen. Uh, Apollo thirteen came from Kathy, um, but also Dean, Derek, Akil, and Owen all put in <laughs> Apollo thirteen. But I only put it in once, Taylor. I, I only put in one card of it, but that Kathy was the first one to put it in. But I noted that millions of other people did. Um, next comments come from Akil. He says uh, both of these films. Uh, feature three characters who are doing everything they can to survive while one other person is either pulling the strings or giving some sort of guidance or instructions. You have the doctor who is clearly trying to uh, use these people as an experiment in the haunting and then in Apollo 13 you have the commander at Houston who gives instructions and manages a lot of situations from Earth. That's kind of an interesting point like having kind of almost a puppet master Mm -hmm. which I thought that's a good point Akil like that's that's a thing that does happen in both. He said the films were both so-so for me. I'm not sure I would really watch either of them again, but I'm not going to say I hated either of them either. I think they both were entertaining in some aspects. I just don't think they would be good on multiple rewatches. Um, I like watching Apollo 13 over and over again. Like That's one I'll revisit every once in a while. Um, the Haunting, I never have to see again. But I think, Taylor, you could probably understand. Like you would, I don't think you'd revisit Apollo 13. No, I I wouldn't. I know it is definitely a movie that people do revisit very often. Like, it's definitely one of those, like, Sunday afternoon on cable TV movies where people, I think it's, like, comfort. Like, I can see it being someone's, like, comfort movie, you know? Like, familiar faces, familiar storyline, like, gripping plot for some Mm -hmm. people. Um, But no, I will not be rewatching Apollo 13 if I don't and have a- to <laughs> and Akil is one of the people who put it in so if it's so so for you Akil I assume you just did it because you wanted Taylor just wanted to, to torture me <laughs> yeah I guess that was the idea um our last one comes from Lily who says um this might be an unpopular opinion but I actually didn't mind haunting if and only if they were playing things up on purpose and it wasn't an accident that things were so corny and weird. The, <laughs> the movie had an over-the-top element that I think could really work for some movies like this that have ghosts, spirits, and supernatural things in them. If the movie was going for a bit of a ridiculous and over-the-top feeling that had me smiling and laughing at times and enjoying myself, then I guess the movie was actually pretty good. Now, with that being said, if it didn't do any of this on purpose, the movie is terrible. <laughs> I can't help but think uh, they knew what they were doing, and this film couldn't possibly uh, be, uh, be have been taking itself as seriously as it seems. So maybe they're smarter than people think. But of course, I could be wrong, in which case I laughed a lot at this really bad movie. Either way, I enjoyed my movie watching experiences this week. I'm very curious to see what Taylor thought of Apollo 13. I actually quite liked it. I found myself way more into it than I thought was possible for a movie like this. It was a pretty good film that was intense at times. And really for a movie in the 90s, I thought the moments in space were actually very well done technically. Uh, She says her comparisons are both movies feature characters who are separated from society true uh both have a general atmosphere of unease that our characters are put into that makes them feel unsafe or insecure 
also true. Uh, someone gets hurt and removed early or removed early on. The assistant whose eye is hurt and the pilot who is replaced by Kevin Bacon because he wasn't famous enough. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's a funny point. I think that actor actually also had a career at the time. He's pretty like, recognizable. He's, like, I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't put a name to him, but like his face, like I recognize his face. I think he was in a bunch of stuff. So I think he also was well known, but maybe not so now because that was Kevin Bacon at the beginning of his career. But that is another good point, Lily, of like you've got the pilot who gets kind of removed and replaced. And then you've got the the assistant who's removed and we never see them again. Um, that is another good, interesting comparison between the two films. Mm-hmm. So there you go. But that's thoughts from our fans this week. Um, just a reminder to people. For this movie club, whenever we pull movies from a hat, just go to our website, screeningandkingston.com. Email us, screeningandkingston at gmail.com. We'll read your comments on air. You can just give short comments, just give comparisons or emojis. That's fine. Yeah. Whatever you Thumbs want. Down. <laughs> Whatever works for you. Um, okay. I guess we got to pull two new uh, two new films from the hat, Taylor. And then are we going to do our bow update? Then we're going to do our bow update. All right. Hat Should first. we do that first? Shall we do the bow update first? Yeah, I think so. Because I think okay, like, let's, talk let's end on a high note of the hat. Great. All right. Let's give our Bo Burham update. As people know, we're trying to get Bo Burham uh, an award. Uh, we're still trying. We're, try- <laughs> we're trying to get in contact with him. So that's kind of my, my task is to find ways to get in contact with him. Um, but Taylor, you have a fun update. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh, you know, we want to find a statue. Or an award for him. But, like, I didn't want it to look cheesy, right? Like, I didn't want it to look like a plastic Oscars thing. Um, like, I wanted it to look like a legit award. But also, we're poor, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I thought, okay, what can we do? So, my dad is a very... He's very talented. And um, he's able to blacksmith. So, he's going to make us an award out of steel with a wooden base incredible and uh so exciting and then i'll pay to get like a little plaque engraved i can i can afford engraving but, uh, <laughs> engraving engraving is fine yeah, yeah the problem is i have champagne taste on a beer budget so you know like i'm thinking oh if we're gonna give this award like it needs to be a high quality award right well then i'm on the website six hundred dollars five hundred dollars yeah so um i'm just going to exploit my own father instead <laughs> Of course, yeah. <laughs> That's what parents are there for, right? Yeah. <laughs> to to so, help out. <laughs> I uh, he asked me when we needed to buy, and I said, "Oh, before the end of summer, I think." Yes, definitely. But, uh, I think I think this will be our summer project is yeah. to track him down, and by by the end of the summer, have been able to send him this award. Yeah, and I think you know it, it's a nice it's a nice gesture. I'm sure he doesn't care, but we're gonna take all this effort and we're gonna do it, and we're gonna get him that award. That's our mission. I think it'll be fun. It is. It's going to keep us, um, give us something to do while in this latest. Stay there's at only home. there's only so many rugs and shelves you can order online. So I'm going to run out of space soon. So yes, it's a nice, fun summer project for us. Um, that's our Bo Burham update. Let's pull some movies out of this hat, Taylor. Uh, our Kingston Frontenacs Tuke, as always. With uh, some, I don't even know how many are left in here, but a lot. Like, I'm looking at this, Taylor, and there are tons of Are people periodically stuff. adding movies in there? Not recently, but for a couple weeks, yes. Like, there were more that were added in since we started this. 
because um, next week will be our ninth go around. So, wow. so far we've done eight weeks, so 16 films. Um, and there were about 150 or so in here before, but people have added. So I'm sure we've replaced some of the, we're still well over 100 films in here. Cool. Um, I'm sure we've replaced some. So here we go. First movie out of the toque. Oh, this one's really. Uh, Burnt, 2015. I don't, uh, I don't know. If that's I know. Bradley. That's a Bradley Cooper film, I believe, where he's a um, chef, isn't it? What? Burnt? <laughs> that, that sounds. Familiar. I literally have never. If that's the something. movie, I've literally <laughs> never heard. I of am it. pretty like 2015. Like I'm pretty sure this is the movie. It's the one that came out the same year as Chef, and they're kind of about the same thing. And it was really weird. Um, yeah, Bradley Cooper. Oh yes. Okay, gosh. Burnt. So he plays a chef. He plays a te- uh, temperamental chef. That's that's okay. great. Um, I don't think I've seen it though, but I recognize it, so that's interesting. It's fast. got some famous people in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it came it came out like in 2015, I guess. But it it was uh, it was I remember seeing like trailers for it. Huh. Um, okay, next film coming out of the Duke. I don't know why that one. Like Burnt was like triple folded. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe you were trying to not, you know. Yeah, not grab that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Oh, I got like a handful here. I'm gonna have to take one. Okay, this one is the help. Uh, okay, the help. So we've got the we're really we're we're diving into the late twenty teens here. Yeah, tw- late twenty tens. What do we call those? Because got... the aughts, I think, are like the two thousands. What are the what are the tens? I'm, I'm good with the twenty tens. Okay. The tens. <laughs> the twenty tens. The help. So the help. So we got The Help, and we've got Burnt. So Burnt from 2015, The Help is from 2011. Those are the two films next week. This is going to be weird. I mean, this is going to be two very, very, very different movies. I have seen The Help, but not for a long time. I don't think I've ever seen Burnt. Who hasn't seen The Help? That, like, was, like, it was that year's Green Book, but, like, better. (laughs) Okay, okay. I don't, I honestly don't remember what I thought of The Help, so I don't, I if it was good or, or not. I know I saw it, but I, I don't remember much about it. That's, I mean, that's 10 years ago, so I don't remember anything. Um, so yeah, The Help from 2011 and Burnt from 2015. Those are our films. All right. We will review them next week. This will be this will be fun, Taylor. <laughs> it, it, see what happens. It will, yes, it's going to be an experience. I think yeah. people should have to write in their rationale for putting certain movies into that. <laughs> Maybe we'll start asking, like, I'll email the people who've come, because I haven't been doing that. I haven't, like, sent them people a message saying, hey, your movie was picked. I'll do that. I'll find out who put these in. I'll email them and just see, hey, could you give us, like, a couple sentences as to why? Um, And then we can go through it. It's like some people did, but some people I would say these are random. (laughs) Yeah, like, these are two very... Very random movies, especially to talk about together. So we'll see. But thank you, everybody, for for tuning in this week. Uh, Tune in next week. Burnt in the Help. It's going to be super weird. So we're going to talk about those movies as our movie club continues next week. Go stream some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Hananoshabi and Anashabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.